This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C, another week, and an era where every week is full of crazy, historic twists and turns. We're in a dimly lit room, uh, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound, and hey, the, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Dual general managers this morning, Jack, uh, manager number one, uh, the Constitution. Okay. It's... <laughs> Being discussed a great deal lately, usually idiotically. Our uh, co-general manager, Los Angeles Lakers. What? Los Angeles Lakers. It sounded sort of like you slurred quietly Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You're not happy that they won? Uh, Apparently they won. I don't know. It's hard to say. LeBron is amazing. The uh, NBA is dead to me. Uh, LeBron is a bigot. And uh, they are also an amazing basketball team. And nobody else had a chance. Well, if I if you just want to look at the sport of it, uh, that is his tenth finals. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not impressed. Tenth finals, absolutely amazing. Uh, anyway, we got some highlights. We'll play for that. You know, the, oh, and the uh, Supreme Court hearing is starting today. And any highlights from that, if anything happens, we'll bring to you. I don't know how much drama there will be. I mean, I realize the Brett Kavanaugh thing was one of the most dramatic things that's happened in my life in terms of politics. I mean, it was astounding. Horrifying. There are a number of words that could be chosen, <laughs> it, right? It was yeah, sickening. Yeah, but uh, I don't anticipate that sort of thing happening here for a couple of different reasons. The Republicans have no reason to want to disrupt it. Uh, they want to get her on the court. The Democrats are going to win. They believe, looking at the polls, and there's no reason throwing a wrench in anything. Oh, please, please accuse her of being a serial rapist without any solid evidence. I just don't see that happening. No, but you know, no, it won't. They don't want to. They don't want to upset the the apple cart, you know, and have a a new story to talk about. I don't think. Mm, interesting point. Yeah, I'll bet you're right. Um, here's the most exciting thing uh, on my list because this happened overnight. Because it's on the other side of the world, the World Health Organization, the WHO, which is corrupt in the pocket of China and uh, is largely to blame for this coronavirus ruining everybody's lives, but nobody ever mentions that. But they did make a statement overnight that I'm very excited about. They said that countries around the world need to stop using shutdowns as a tool to deal with the virus. The shutdown, their quote is, shutdowns are literally killing people and economies. Oh, boy. No, 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 Joe, Joe. Let me have a talking with myself. Don't be snide. Don't be sarcastic. When the world comes around to your point of view, be gracious. Jack, I'm glad to hear that. That's a message we've been trying to deliver for many months now looking at the totality of positives and negatives of each uh, policy and having a rounded decision, not a decision entirely obsessed with COVID-19. I congratulate um, them for coming to their senses. I hope the governor of California and other governors who are pro shutdown uh, hear that recommendation from the WHO. Okay, you won't listen to Trump. You don't like Trump. Trump's for opening up. Okay, now the WHO, which you're in love with international organizations. So, right. so maybe you'll go long board. We were at Michelangelo's wedding yesterday. Oh, it was festive, too. Crazy blowout party that Michelangelo's wedding was. We were all there yesterday. But I talked to a number of people with kids. The whole distance learning thing is just horrifying for their kids. Their kids hate it. Their kids are depressed. They're not learning anything. Right, right. 
Well, the problem with uh, the governors of the various states, whether it be Governor Whitner remaining unkidnapped as of uh, this airing, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, that uh, world-class moron, you've got to Governor Newsom of California. The problem is they would have to admit, okay, listen, we not only pursued the wrong policy for a very, very long time, and it did enormous damage to you personally, financially, to the state. Your children are damaged emotionally. Their learning has been set back. Yes, yes, yes. I was wrong. I was wrong. And, uh, yeah, hold your breath waiting for the governors in question to say that. So I'm looking up at the Supreme Court hearings, which are underway, and I notice Lindsey Graham not wearing a mask. Amy Coney Barrett is wearing a mask for whatever reason. Maybe their uh, proximity to other humans, Jack. I understand the uh, hearing room is sparsely attended, some folks online, some in person. I think it's just mathematics, though, that he has to be as close to her as she is to him. I'm pretty sure that works uh, out that uh, way. Sean, could you check that, <laughs> that uh, A plus B equals B plus A nonsense Jack is talking about? No, actually, it's the fact that he's speaking, and, he's, oh, okay. and she's not. He will. She will be doffing her uh, her rather dignified black mask. So another echoing people... the black of the robes of the Supreme Court, Jack. Back to you. So when Lindsay's done speaking, I declare um, he'll put his mask. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he actually says that as much as you think. <laughs> he'll put his mask on then. You think? Okay. Yes, I do. I suspect so. So it's going to be different for a couple of days uh, when we kick off the show because when I normally say let's introduce everybody in the squad, there's our board operator Michelangelo. He is on his honeymoon. I imagine he is his wife are doing it right now. Would be my oh, guess. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> oh gosh. Hey, folks. I'm so sorry. Come on, man. <sighs> wow. That's honestly, I'm I'm offended by that. So uh, standing in as our board mm-hmm. operator is. Our uh, executive producer, Mike Hansen. How are you this morning, Mike I'm Hansen? doing well. I'm doing well. I feel a bit like James Stockdale today, though. Who am I and why am I here? <laughs> um, did you watch the Lakers game? I did. Uh-huh. Almost all of it. It was fun. Was it a blowout win? Or oh, yeah. Was it? it was just, it oh. was, there wasn't even a game really after. They, they led by like 30 yeah, at the third point. quarter or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I just happened to get the news alert. The NBA is dead to me. Did I mention that? My son and I love the, watching the Lakers, mm-hmm. so he's become a big uh, AD fan. And uh, so, yeah, we had, we had a good time watching. Miami go down. I got two boys. I thought I would grow up like uh, I grew up with my dad watching a lot of sports. My kids just have don't have any interest in it, so it never comes on our uh, our TVs. And mm-hmm. his friends don't ever talk about it, so it just not as a thing in my house. Huh. Which I didn't ex- anticipate. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Fifty-seven times the LA Lakers went into a fourth quarter with the lead this year, uh, including the the postseason, and fifty-seven times they won those games. They mm. were fifty-seven to zero when having a lead going into the fourth quarter. Mm. But my actual uh, opening thought is a uh, a bit of a remnant from uh, Michelangelo's wedding. We, uh, as part of the meal, we were all gifted a, a just a, a, a honestly a perfect sized dose of sorbet. Uh, in between one of the the courses there, and I believe Sean and I both blown away by the sorbet. I I, I feel like I have been depriving myself right. all these years by not having a little thing of sorbet in the freezer where I could go to every. Oh, let me just get a little little yeah. spoonful. It was it was delightful. Clearly, delightful. need to buy a gallon of sorbet somewhere. I'm afraid I'm going to become sorbet guy. Is there a particular brand or something like that? Uh, tell me this: Will you both restrain yourselves and serve yourselves a serving size like they had there no. at the dinner? No. <laughs> No. What? what spoonful? No. Get out of here! Hey, you sit down with the, the ga- half gallon twixt your legs while you're watching TV and a big I, spoon. I thought it was the perfect amount just to cleanse the palate. <laughs> there are times where I may not even put the carton back; it'll just melt. I'll have to go get another one. It's like I'm working with hogs. Similar. 
Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, October 12th. Another historic day, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Let's begin spooning the sorbet of the day's events into our mushes precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here's what's happening at Mark. Mark. I mean, Nikki the Nose, you, you, you tell me if I'm going nuts, right? You tell me. Hey, Don Pauly, you know, I don't mean no disrespect to you, but I, I just go by Nikki now. <laughs> well, you, you've been Nikki the Nose since we were kids. Yeah, we don't give people nicknames based on their uh, physical appearances anymore. That's called shaming. And it uh, don't feel too great sometimes. <laughs> The woke mob sketch on Saturday Night Live. There was a lot of poking fun at the uh, the woke this and the woke that during mm. Saturday Night Live. Found it all uh, pretty funny. Excellent. Um, we'll have more on that later. So how is Lindsey Graham, the chair of the Judicial Committee, which is running the hearings today to put a new justice on the Supreme Court, how is he going to handle it since he's in a tight, tight race? Is he going to try to be extra uh, above it all, or is he going to come out flamethrowers, do you think? Having heard uh, a decent chunk of his debate performance against his opponent, whose name escapes me, although he is an impressive young man, no doubt, uh, hence the tied race in a pretty reliably red state, but um, he will uh, he will make the point that the Democratic Party is has been taken over by the radical left and has all sorts of crazy stuff in mind. He will uh, level blasts at Democrats in general. Mm, that's a pretty and good And the things uh, they've said. That's a pretty good angle. Ooh, and now yeah. Diane Feinstein's getting ready to speak. Great article in the New York Times over the weekend, and there have been a bunch of these, where Democrats are really worried she's too old for this. She's 87. Oh, my gosh. And they are quoting a number of people behind the scenes who say she regularly has to be reminded what's going on and, you know, sure. mind wander. Well, it's not, it's, not, it's not a knock on her. She's freaking 87. It's not a failure of character. No, it's not. She's 87. Well, there is a level of belief in a tradition that if you're a United States senator, you're one of the sharpest humans in the country. And and allegedly wisest, <laughs> and you know, you know, there are there are people beneath her, below her, and um, a seniority on the Democrat side that could would be fantastic today in making their case. And she is not going to be that person. Perhaps longest consecutively serving statewide elected official in California history. By the way, eighty-seven. First took office in nineteen thirty-one. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, we got mailbag on the way. We'll have to talk a little bit about Michelangelo's wedding, news of the weekend, all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. This is going to be a long, contentious week. I would just ask one thing of the committee. To the extent possible, let's make it respectful. Let's make it challenging. Let's remember the world is watching. Senator Feinstein. Thanks very much, Mr. Chairman. And I I do want to just address your last statement. We feel the same way, and I believe we want this to be uh, a very good hearing, and I certainly will strive to do my best to achieve that. There you but go. she's probably a rapist! <laughs> <laughs> I 
Talking about Amy Coney Barrett, not Diane yes. Feinstein. Certainly not. Um, I hope I sound that sharp when I'm 87. Oh, I'll yeah. give her that. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. I don't think she's Senator Sharp anymore, but the the history of the U.S. Senate is full of oldsters who are barely functional, who are propped up by their aides and their party until they finally croaked. I'm I'm so tired of politics and partisan politics and election season and oh, the way yeah. it's treated. But we got to talk about the, the Democrats' t- new talking port point on packing the court, which right. is going to work, by the way, which is disappointing, which is the media's fault. But they're, they're getting out of this whole packing the court thing is hilarious. They're redefining several absolutely critical terms that have never been redefined. Everybody knows what those terms mean, but they're attempting to redefine them as the left does, change the language. I don't think people do know what those terms mean, which is what we've been complaining about for weeks. Okay, fair enough. Because Trump and, uh, and, no, and nobody else defined them. you got to define these things. And I think the Democrats thought, they're not even saying what packing the court is. Okay, well, people hear it's bad, but they don't know what it we're is. We're going to decide what it means. Yeah. But more on that later. God, the Republicans' messaging is terrible. It is awful. I'm going to try to stay calm while I introduce mailbag. There you go. Woo-hoo! And I'll tell you why. Alert listener Star passed along an editorial from the uh, Seattle Times uh, suggesting that uh, perhaps now is the time to re-examine the name of the state of Washington as he was a slaveholder. So it has gotten to G-Dub. To my Editorial horror. in what? Where suggesting was it? the Seattle Times. In the Seattle Times, yeah. okay. Now, it's an editorial. Sometimes papers run uh, opinions from people who don't share a lot of... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, allies. But uh, so I, I've been forced to go to the historical record, and um, and I, I our freedom loving quote of the day, the quotes of the day today come from George Washington about slavery. The idiotic, dishonest, or both word from the woke left is that our various founding fathers, particularly those who hailed from the South, Washington, Jefferson, Adams, at, at, not Adams, uh, Madison, at all, who were involved in any way in slavery are, are therefore, uh, they are disqualified from being objects of, uh, of worship or, or respect or reverence or, or whatever. The reason that is uh, both idiotic and ignorant is that a lot of these people were way ahead of their time trying to end slavery which they grew up with observed in the first person and said i know everybody around here is in support of this but it's really troubling me and they said so publicly which takes enormous courage you ignorant ninnies george washington in 1786 i never mean to possess another slave by purchase it being among my first wishes to see some plan adopted by the legislature by which slavery in the country may be abolished by slow sure imperceptible degrees calling openly for abolition ah uh, then uh, G-Dub in 1786 again. There is not a man living who wishes more sincerely than I do to see a plan adopted for this abolition of slavery. But there is only one proper and effectual mode by which it can be accomplished, and that is by legislative authority. Again, uh, one of his best, well, then we're getting on to some of his best friends and associates, but he has many, many, many quotes like that in which he, a... The leading Virginia planter, the most respected man in Virginia, said, hey, y'all, we got to end slavery. 
and you you want to you want to piss on his legacy instead of celebrating it, you ignorant jackasses. Wow. Coming out of the box hot today. Sorry, I said I'd try to stay calm. I was partially successful. Moving along. Started out calm. Yeah, it did. Moving along. Uh, A number of people, Jack, a significant number of people, have said they heard that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote you gave the other day and and loved it, but can't remember it. Oh, about genius? Yeah. I'll come up with that. Okay, we'll come up with that. We'll have that for you after yeah, the commercial break. I, I think about that almost every day since I first heard it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I couldn't remember it either. I remember it being great. I wonder if that means I'm not a genius if I can't remember his quote about genius. Yeah. There's plenty of things that would point to why I'm not a genius. <laughs> you know, we're practically out of time. What? I, I'm just going to read you the headlines, and we'll get to the, the gist of it in a little bit. Uh, got three ballots. Only one is mine. It's a gent in Reno. Uh, Al Anonymous just received a uh, our mail-in ballots, including one from my daughter who has not lived or voted in our state for five-plus years. She's already registered in another state, has voted there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this one, a German journalist who uh, lives in D.C., says he's not eligible to vote in the U.S. He's already received three mail-in ballots to his address. And uh, we had all kinds of stuff to tell you about. I don't have time to tell you, but it's good. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the kind of beer somebody brings to a party at your house, and then it just like sits in the fridge for like eight months. And then one day your buddy comes over and he's like, hey, you got a beer? And I'm like, well, you know, I got this pumpkin. So you drink it, and it, you know, gets your buzz. Oh, come on. I'm coming. You've been sitting there for half an hour, and I'm enjoying myself. You know, you're just like your mother. Ah, there you go. What the what? (laughs) That was... Bill Burr was the host of Saturday Night Live, and they did a thing for uh, Sam Adams' Oktoberfest pumpkin spice beer. And they interviewed a bunch of Bostonians on how much they like the beer. You know what? The pumpkin gives it a little extra kick. And then they go to Bill Burr, of course. In his construction <laughs> jacket. Yeah, he's night. got that. Tastes like, you know. <laughs> and he ends up getting a fight with his son at the grocery store. <laughs> oh, is this the day you take a swing at your old man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I tell you what, I have to watch. i got to go to the DVR. <laughs> that was funny. Speaking of Bill Burr, my friends, his monologue outraged woke America. They, oh my gosh, never before have so many pants been wet during the Saturday Night Live monologue. We will play you some carefully selected excerpts from that. So the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearing is going on right now. It's day one. She's going to end up on the Supreme Court, and there's not even a slight chance of that not happening, really. Um, So there's not a lot of drama there. It's just kind of how much of a political stink people want to make about it, I guess. Listen, I'm not an ageist. I respect our elders. I appeal to them to share their wisdom with us. But I've been watching the hearing, and the average age of the people participating is 85. The drama is, will the committee live through (laughs) the hearing? That's dark. Jiminy, I'm looking at Pat Leahy. Chuck Grassley was up there. Diane Feinstein. They're all eighty plus, right? If you're, if you're, you know, your company was being run by an eighty-five year old. If your a doctor was eighty-five, if your kid's teacher was eighty-five, 
If the guy coming out to you know take a look at your uh, solar panels today because they're on the fritz was eighty five in any of those situations you'd think ah come on is there somebody younger that can do this right the solar <laughs> panel guy I don't want him up on my roof Are you okay to get up that ladder Granddad <laughs> Oh yeah been doing it since Kennedy was elected <laughs> Oh anyway yeah so Diane Feinstein who is eighty seven uh, teed up what um they've been teeing up for weeks they're going to make it all about health care. On how if uh, ACB is on the court, not, she's going to end up on the court anyway, but they're going to make it about if she ends up on the court, they're going to take away your health care. Uh, Obamacare goes away. Pre-existing conditions uh, protection is all gone. That's what they're going to claim. Right. Which really has nothing to do with uh, confirming the judge. It's uh, it's they have a high uh, podium they're standing on and a, and a loud microphone. Loudspeakers, really, a microphone is passive. But um, to say Republicans will take away your health care, they're campaigning. Let me give you an idea of how we're into silly season, as Barack Obama once brilliantly called it. I thought that was the perfect explanation. When you get close enough in a presidential election, it is silly season. And his own chief of staff was being silly yesterday on ABC This Week. So he's on there, and at the very end, and our, our friend Lon Hee Chen was on there, and, uh, uh, you know, as the conservative-ish voice. Right. So, Rahm Emanuel, his, his ending screed right before they ran out of time on ABC this week, he said, if Amy Coney, Coney Barrett ends up on the court, women are actually going to be back in alleys to get abortions, and oh. gays will be back in the closet. Oh. And Lonnie Chen tried to jump in and say, oh, you've got... And they, oh, sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> And so I actually tweeted at Lonnie Chen on our Twitter, say, you, since you got cut off, what were you going to say to Rahm Emanuel? Yes. And I'm hoping he responds today. But can you believe that? And Rahm Emanuel is one of the more sober voices out there. And right. a very smart guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. But to say, if ACB ends on the, up on the court, women who want abortions are going to be back in alleys. Right. Like it's the 1800s. Yes. And gays will be back in the closet. I'd like to hear your explanation of that one. There will be a slave auction next to the Washington Monument this Sunday. I mean, that is hilarious. No more votes for women. But that's the, that's the sort of silly season we're in where you we'll say... We'll sell Louisiana back to the French. <laughs> well, right. I mean, that's crazy talk. Yeah. Well, and you've mentioned repeatedly that Rahm Emanuel has distinguished himself as a very sober Absolutely. and even-handed commentator for the last several years. And that's how but, crazy this time is when well, you get this close to an election. Right. It's like mating season yeah, where the yeah. the bucks are in rut or yeah. when Mr. Spock tried to beat the hell out of Captain Kirk. I mean, it's just... Yeah, people have gone nuts. Well, if you can say that, then anything is on the table. Right. If Biden ends up in the White House, we'll all be, I don't know, goose-stepping into London. We'll be singing the Soviet National Anthem. Play the anthem, Michael. Play the... Oh, he's on his honeymoon. That's right. Yeah. But I just thought, man, we are into you-can-say-anything-ville now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well pointed out. My God. Speaking of strong statements uh, and, and non-80-year-olds, one of my favorite Americans, Ben Sass, senator for Nebraska. My only objection to Ben Sass is he makes me feel so pathetic about myself. I think his haircut's a little young. Maybe he's not uh, coiffed the same way. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. It looks like a reasonable suburban dad hmm. coif. Hmm. Uh, apologize for saying coif repeatedly. He's wearing his, uh, his black and red Nebraska Zip up, by the way. Sporting the Huskers. Attaboy. 
So he was uh, talking to Chris Wallace over the weekend, and uh, he said uh, he was talking about the the hearings, the upcoming hearings, the the Democrats' threat to blow up the filibuster in the Senate, which the Republicans never explain, and to pack the Supreme Court, which Republicans do a very poor job of explaining. And he said, it isn't just one branch of government. What they're really talking about is the suicide bombing of two branches of government. What they're talking about is blowing up the deliberative structure of the United States Senate by abolishing the filibuster and making it possible to turn the Senate into just another House of Representatives. Where, and finally, somebody explaining what they mean. Where every two years, by a 51-49 vote or similar, major portions of American life change. And they're going about doing that to pack the Supreme Court. And that actually is on the table and can happen, unlike gays will be back in the closet. Right. Right. Now, packing the Supreme Court, I think y'all know what it means. We've talked about a fair amount. It's something FDR uh, attempted. You don't just wait till an opening. You create five new openings. Hey, 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 we're not going to have nine justices. Well, it'd probably be an even number. We're going to have 13. That's a better idea. And by the way, the four new ones will all be way left. That's court packing, expanding the number of judges and then jamming in your guys. And it's been driving me crazy now for weeks that Chris Wallace, Donald Trump, lots of Republicans, lots of you know journalists... They don't ever say what court packing means. They just say, are you in favor of packing the court? And then journalists say, he won't answer the question on packing the court. And I think I know most people have no idea what that terms mean. That term means. Right. So the Democrats wisely decided to define it as something different than the way it was used in the 40s under FDR. Wisely for their uh, direct electoral chances, incredibly unwisely for the good of the country. But uh, uh, why don't we say cleverly? Okay, cleverly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Cleverly. Very clever. I, yeah. If I was in the room and somebody came up with that idea, say, oh, yeah, that is awesome. What a great idea. You know what? In, if, if I were working for the devil, if I was on his payroll, and uh, again, I, I show up to the crossroads like twice a week at midnight, and I've yet to receive a, a legitimate offer from Satan. But if I were working from the devil, I'd say, oh, that's good. That is so good. Saying, the Republicans have been packing the court for years now with these conservatives. They're trying to pack the court right now to force in this Amy Coney Barrett who's going to put women in, in back alleys with the coat hangers and, and bring back slavery and, and end your health care. They're packing the court right now. And so 90%, 80%, I don't know, of Americans who have no idea what that term means are thinking, yeah, yeah, well, they're both trying to pack the court. So packing just means like shoving in your justices. Right, shoving in whatever that means. Following the Constitution and nominating them. Right, because you won the last election. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's not a poll on this court packing thing later this week with the redefinition of it. And people say, yeah, the Republicans have been packing the court for years, and I'm against that. Yeah. With with, uh, conservative judges. So nice job. As Joe says, cleverly, <laughs> um, uh, redefining the term. I saw that all weekend long. Really, really an interesting idea. And having been emboldened by that bit of dishonesty, they've gone even further. And indeed, their candidate, uh, Joseph R. Biden, D. Delaware, uh, went so far as to call nominating and confirming Amy Coney Barrett unconstitutional, which is dangerous, dishonest. And incredibly bold. And much like his, uh, you got to elect me to hear how I feel about court packing thing. 
that that uh, position he's taken is utterly indefensible. We have some fairly amusing tape of some of his people trying to defend the idea that it's unconstitutional coming up in a moment or two. I have a feeling you'll enjoy it. Does anybody even remember when Michael's wedding ended yesterday? We were all so hammered. I think it just, I know we'd all just fell into Ubers. Well, I like, that was after you guys got me out of the fountain, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and right. you guys left at one in the morning. That the cops actually made me and Judy go home at like three. <laughs> oh, wow, really? oh yeah, yeah. They called the cops. The waiter called the cops. So yeah, I got like forty five minutes of sleep. The Uber guy kept saying, "Where are you? Where are you live?" I said, "Just take me somewhere." <laughs> That's nice. where's the after party? That's nice. What is that smell? Uh, there's more. There's a steak. So I got steak in my sport coat. <laughs> You we'll, want some? We'll have to talk about the wedding later. Oh, uh, among, something else. <laughs> among other things. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Quote the other day from Ralph Waldo Emerson about genius uh, that a couple of people wanted to hear again. So I'll hit you with that coming up in just a second because it's pretty interesting. He was referring to Abraham Lincoln, actually. Ah, which leads into John Brown and that new uh, like miniseries that started on Showtime. I want to talk about because I've been on a John Brown kick, and a lot of the uh, politics of that fit in with the politics of the day. Actually, interesting of today. You've intrigued um, me. I'm intrigued. Excellent. Intrigued with my own thoughts. We're a little shorthanded today. Uh, as Michelangelo, our, our beloved uh, board operator slash engineer, he's called different things in different you know places, but uh, he, he keeps us on the air. He plays all sorts of fun sound. I mean, he's a huge part of the team. He's off on his honeymoon. He's worked with us for 21 years? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're, we're like gears in a, a carefully crafted Swiss watch, and one of our gears is on vacation. Uh, but the fellas are, are busting their butts to do a good job, Sean and, uh, and Hanson, so... Uh, well done. We don't. I don't think we actually have the tape of Joe Biden saying uh, appointing Amy Coney Barrett is unconstitutional, which he said over the weekend. Which is, it's almost hilariously idiotic. But he said it. Here's one of Biden's campaign people arguing with Jake Tapper about that very thing yesterday. But he said it's not constitutional what they're doing. How is it not constitutional what they're doing? His point is that the people have an opportunity to weigh in on this constitutional process through their vote. And we are now in the midst of the election. Millions of people have already cast their votes. And you see that the vast majority of people say that they want the person who wins the election on November 3rd to nominate the justice. That's a poll. That's not the Constitution. So by, by trying to... By trying to, that's, that is their, their, there's the constitutional process of advising consent. The American people get to have their say by voting for president, by voting for senators. We are now 23 days from the election. Right, but it's not Again, unconstitutional. Millions of, millions of votes, millions of votes. They're being, voters are being denied their constitutional right to have a say in this process. They when elected the Republicans the Senate. are trying to ram through, are trying to ram through a, a nominee who, by the way, is going to change the makeup of the court. And we see time and time again, poll after poll shows that most Americans vehemently disagree with this. They again, believe again, Kate, that's that a the poll. vote should happen on November 3rd. That's not what the word constitutional that means. Cons- that constitutional is the- doesn't mean I like it, <laughs> it or I don't like it. It means it's according to the U.S. Constitution. There's nothing unconstitutional about what the U.S. Senate is doing. 
That's pretty good pushback from Jake Tapper on CNN. Jake Words. Tapper on CNN. There have been Words. a couple of examples lately. <laughs> I have a feeling, I have a pretty strong feeling being in the business that there's a lot of pressure at CNN to conform to the narrative there because their 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 business strategy is to be a, a resistance station. But there are some actual journalists there, and I think Jake is one of them. I frequently disagree, but I think he's a good man who who just can't anymore. You don't get to call something unconstitutional that is clearly constitutional. Right. Come on, yeah, that's it, it's not only dumb; it's <laughs> I think it's dangerous. That was a hot mess. Anyway, we got time for more of that later. So, Ralph Waldo I mean, it's Emerson. like me wanting to have a frozen pizza for the third night in a row, and my wife telling me that's illegal. What do you mean it's illegal? Well, there's a legal process in wholesale and then retail, and buying pizza is governed by all sorts of laws, and it's illegal what you're doing because the laws govern food safety. And Well, no, no, you didn't get to the part where I'm violating any of them. Uh, I would just say, so then call me an outlaw as I preheat the oven to 400 degrees. <laughs> oh, he's so dangerous. <laughs> so... Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he is a poet, don't you know, and um, he was writing about Lincoln back in the day. They were contemporaries. And I thought this was one of the most uh, intriguing definitions of genius I'd ever come across. Talking about Lincoln, but he said, the genius lies in, quote, being altogether receptive and letting the world do all and suffering the spirit of the hour to pass unobstructed through the mind. I take that to mean that genius of that type is being able to take in all the information, everything that's going on, not shaded by your emotion or wishes or anything like that, and then making a decision based on all those things. Sure. I think that's really interesting. And yeah. it's a very, very hard thing to do. Yes. Very hard thing to do. You know, what's interesting to me is you see the best at that in the world of business often not always by any means but often but in sports if you watch the NFL uh, a series gets done quarterback comes back to the bench he's uh, surrounded by the quarterback's coach usually in the backup they're looking at uh, iPads or, or Chromebooks or whatever I think it's actually officially Chromebooks um looking at the way the defense is playing the way they're aligning the way they're responding to what the offense is doing there's no they suck man I uh, my 49ers got the hell whooped out of them by the Dolphins, so I'll use the Dolphins. The Dolphins are being so mean. They're really, they're kind of cheaters. I don't like them, and they've said some mean stuff. No, they're just trying to take in the totality of what's actually happening and adjusting to it and going forward because an NFL team can't afford, like, emotional reactions and bias. It's an extremely analytical business. Which I think is perhaps an, uh, an example of what you're talking about. Speaking of Abraham Lincoln, which leads to slavery, which leads to... Briefly the tight end for the New England Patriots. The lanky lawman from Illinois really could get up and over defensive backs and haul in the passes. <laughs> um, Lincoln leads to slavery, which leads to John Brown, which uh, the miniseries started on Showtime last night. Sean, you said episode one was pretty good. It, yeah, it was phenomenal. You can watch the first episode for free on Amazon Prime. And I uh, probably will. It's yeah. based on a novel that's about John Brown in that era, but I've done a deep dive over the last three days on John Brown, which I learned a lot about in school because he did a lot of his early uh, killing in Kansas. So it was a big part of our state history. And as mm. a Kansan, that was uh, something you learned in school. But anyway. I have to talk more about that later because it, it's uh, it, there are interesting parallels to today in that 
he's on the right side of a lot of issues, like Black Lives Matter is, you know, on, you know, we want more fairness in policing or whatever. Sure, but who could argue with that? But your way of going about it and attention you're getting is, uh, you know, not cool or legal. And uh, and then you've got allies who agree with you, but how much can we agree with you and what should we say and, right. and that sort of thing. We John, don't want to come out against, but we're a little sickened. John Brown was going around hacking people to death with machetes who were uh, pro-slavery. He claims his kids did it, and he did not, but uh, that's been in dispute for many, many years. Throw his children under the bus? Yeah, he took his sons with him, like seven of which died at his side in battles over the years. The show does not give him that benefit of the doubt. Oh, really? He's swinging a sword. Oh, really? (laughs) Interesting. Mm. Um, That's a hell of a defense. But I didn't do it. My kids did. It's pretty interesting about politics, and can you get all the way there on controversial issues without the scary muscle part, the John Brown, the Malcolm X crowd, the the whatever, or can you always get there through the ballot box with the uh, you know the flowery speeches and the right arguments? Um, And that's been a test, you know, through our country's history since the beginning. Yeah, there are, I believe, choices between uh, violence and extremism and, and merely going to the ballot box, but we can discuss that in a great uh, cause and uh, case in point, rather, uh, Portland, which is every bit as cuckoo nuts as it was six months ago when the national news was talking about it, but now they're ignoring it. Not only do you have wild violence in the streets, you got Ted Wheeler, the way left uh, mayor, running against an actual Antifa supporter. Portland has gone nuts. And she's winning. 